Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. Honest reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, I'm Zach Working. Zach, how in the world are you, buddy? Well, a little uh, sweaty from taking care of all the outside business, Chad. I uh, just got back from camp a little bit ago, yeah. and uh, I, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about something, uh, and this is for all of the, uh, the the homeowners or lawn haver youth ministers, student pastors listening to this show. Let's talk about the day you get back from being a week gone at camp oh, and yeah. not making the necessary preparations to have someone else mow your yard and the jungle that awaits you. <laughs> If you were living in the in the in the hot south or in the places where the grass grows green and tall, there is nothing like coming back after a long week at camp and driving up to your house or your place of residence and just seeing what the grass hath wrought while you were away. <laughs> Can I get a testimony from you, Pastor Chad? <laughs> oh man, dude, that that is a truth. It's not just yards, too, right? Like the last thing that I think any of us want to do, like once we get home from camp or your retreat or, or, you know, your big trip with your students is like you walk or you drive into your place, right? And you, like, yeah. you don't recognize the front of your house because it looks like, you know, the opening scene of Jumanji or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you walk in and like everything's just demolished or whatever. My, so the the joke between me and my wife is every time I'm out of town, she tries to end up fixing something or buying something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like it's notorious. Like I'll come back in and it's like half the house is painted, right? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. I get to spend the next couple of days finishing this. The microwave's plugged in, but it's not mounted, right? Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> been there. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, but like, but there is something too. I will say beyond just the housework when we get home, there is at least for me, there's some good therapy in that lawn mowing, that cleanup work after camp, because you know there is such a relational uh, stack of stuff to do at camp, and it's both mentally and spiritually and emotionally exerting. Sometimes the thing that I'm always looking for is that extra little bit of physical exertion to go just push a mower, right, or to go like just clean house or to wash a church van or whatever it is when you get home from camp like i just need to i just need that cleanse of like literally sweating out everything else and just getting caught up in like the menial work get out of my face there's never (laughs) been a time in my life that i said you know what this this is what i wanted right now i needed to push this lawnmower around 
for an hour and a half. Okay. No, like there's <laughs> never been a time in my life that I've woken up and going, yes, I get to mow today, right? Or any of those kind of things. You are such an optimist. It is, it is fantastic, Zach. Well, fair. And that helps, I guess, <laughs> that helps us get into our question today. So if you are a new listener, welcome to After Nine, the most honest podcast in youth ministry, where we ask the honest questions that youth ministers are asking. Like today's, Chad, what's in it for me? I want to ask this question, Chad, of what's in it for me, because I feel like at the end of a very busy season of ministry, summer most notably, it can feel like I gave, I gave, I gave. And at the end of all the giving and the serving and doing, I finally feel ready to go before God and ask the selfish question, okay, now what am I doing this for again? (laughs) Because I have poured myself out, right? Like I have done, I have done, I have been over backwards, I have stayed up late, gotten up early and put all the extra time in. And now here at the end of myself, could I be so selfish and just ask the Lord for a kernel of what's in it for me? So help us with that question. Because we've asked that question, right? We've all felt that like, what are we doing this for? What is it for me? Forget the the numbers, forget the the programming, forget the lights, the lasers, and the and the downloads and the apps. What in the world is in it for me? Well, first of all, I like the fact that you said that you're gonna stand before the Lord and ask that question. (laughs) I just feel like this is like your Job moment if you stand before the Lord and ask that question. Right? It's like Girt yourself like a man. <laughs> All right, let's talk. <laughs> um, no, I man. You know, I think, and we may ask that question in a lot of different ways, but I, I think that that question comes right when we're we're exhausted, we're tired, we're frustrated, right? Yeah. And it seems like somebody else is asking more of us, right? Right. Um, and man, my, my my thing that I I almost just like chuckled about in my life was it. It always seemed like. You know, I get back from a camp or a retreat and, and my senior pastor would want me to do some like, you know, big service the like Sunday that we got back to like share of everything that happened at camp and you're going to yeah. speak that morning, yeah. you know, and I'm like delirious because I got, you know, all of seven hours of sleep for the Combined. entire week, yeah. you know, and I'm trying to like, you know, I don't know, make some sort of sense out of Romans nine or something that week. Right. I mean, why not preach after camp, right? Like of all, all fifty two Sundays in the year, Pastor, why are my two Sundays to preach after Christmas and after I've had no sleep? Thanks a lot. I, I <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, no, man. But you know, I think I think it's this is one of those questions for us that continues to come back to heart and 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 for me and you, Zach. It's why. It's questions like these that we began this podcast in the first place, right? That's of right. Re- wrestling with these these kind of big questions that, that really don't have this like um, set answer to, but we want to sure. point people towards health and um, and just hardworking um, ministry that that serves our church well and I think glorifies the Lord. And so um, I think it's important that we're honest that sometimes we do ask these questions. Um, in, in this way or another way that is in frustration or, or just trying to figure out, man, what is God doing? Like, why am I walking through this season? Um, all of those kind of things I think are legitimate questions to ask, but, but it's important that, um, we, we search out the answer in a way that is life giving. 
Yeah. That's good. That's good. And so, and so I think there's there's kind of three areas related to that life-giving look that we want to offer today for our listeners. And so if the question is what's in it for me or what am I doing this for or God, where are you at in the middle of this process? The three things that I'd like to share, Chad, uh, I'm going to start with, with the wonder. Like I think one of the things for us is that we start to look for God in all the places that we've done the work, right? Like we think of it as some kind of direct investment. Like I've, I've been working really hard here. I ought to see it. And I think there's got to be a level of attentive and, and a willingness to be surprised or carry a sense of wonder that God might show up in ways that we weren't expecting. And I think what happens when we get really tired or we get really overworked is we start to get the tunnel vision of I'm only looking for the things that are happening here or I'm, I'm expecting some kind of result, right? Like we do camp and this is what happens because we go to camp or we go on a mission trip and so kids ought to feel a certain way or there ought to be a certain kind of outflow from the things that we're trying to do or the things that we're setting up to do because we have these expected results. And I think one of the things that helps to kind of pull us out of, pull us back from this edge of like, what am I doing? What's in it for me? What's this all about? Is to kind of reclaim this sense of wonder when it comes to what could God be up to or what might be the next thing. Mm. No, that's that's good, man. When you, when you find yourself trying to come back to that, is it always positive for you? Uh, it's It's not. So yeah, I think when we think about this this uh, this like phrase of wonder, we get kind of caught up in some of the pithy things, right? Like if God closes a door, he might open a window, right? Or you know, uh, there might be something uh, just around the corner that's new and different. But but I think the thing that we're trying to imply with some of those kind of like like pithy wisdom uh, statements or sayings is that like this is not necessarily on our timeline. And I think for a lot of us we think that like the work that we're doing in ministry is is sometimes like other work and that when we're doing ministry work um it, it's not, you know, x equals y plus whatever like there might be a different timeline there might be a different level of 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 growth or outflow from this uh, that that is not like a direct corollary like what happened last summer because you went to camp or a mission trip may not be what happens this summer right or like where your students are at as as a community in a group right now um, may not be the thing that's going to happen again next year and i think that's just there's not this like formula to some of the things that we're trying to do even though we have these patterns of meeting of Sundays or midweeks and camps and retreats and trips and service projects, like we're not always going to get the same kind of results um, from one year to the next. We might not even know exactly what's happening inside of the things that we're doing. And I think that is um, the, the kind of surprise factor that we need to carry uh, when, when we're kind of caught in this loop and kind of this downward spiral to kind of move us into a kind of a new direction with new eyes to see new things. So what would you what would you say to someone, Zach? That you're let's say you're having coffee with someone, and and you you know you tell them to you know be reminded of, of this wonder and what God can do and 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 all of that. What what would you say to somebody that says, man, when I think about those kind of things, like I I actually get discouraged, right? Like I feel like oh God's not doing anything, and I yeah. almost have this expectant heart that he's not right because i think sometimes we can get so jaded right that we feel like nothing's ever going to change here it's always going to be like this and and we're just hoping that somebody finds a resume somewhere else right 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 well and i think i think for a lot of folks man maybe some of those feelings are creeping up because they feel like they're they're at the end of a season or the end of a time and so I, I would say to, to bring it back into maybe even a, a smaller picture of wonder is I think it's going to start 
uh, in, in many ways, in your own faithfulness, right? Like I think for a lot of people, we kind of project God's work onto other folks' lives. I think that's kind of some of the catch of ministry is that like I'm doing this ministry to see God move in somebody else's life. And I think the sense of wonder and, and, and really like almost lack of expectation starts in our own self, right? Like I think uh, we can get really caught up in a way where we, we expect God to move in the lives of students or we have these dreams or visions for other people when mm-hmm. in many ways – what that hap- what, what that kind of stems from, or what that maybe like leads to, is, is a neglect of our own kind of of sense of like cultivating that wonder, right? Like mm-hmm. if you haven't read scripture and been wowed for yourself recently, not wowed in like how you're going to teach it or wowed in how you're going to preach it, but if you haven't read scripture, or had a time of prayer, uh, or you know been a part of, of serving or, or or worshiping in a way that caused wow or awe in your own life, um, like how dare you kind of like project that on somebody else? Else, right, and so I think for a lot of us in this busy season, we can begin to like you know output so much that we begin to see everyone else and, and, and what they, they're either in or need or what God should be doing, and we might be missing in our own kind of way what needs to be happening in our life. Man, I think if they're if I'm going to be honest, I think some of the times that I have not felt that wonder, or I, I'll put it this way, that awe, right, the yeah, awe of. It who God is and and what he's doing, what he's about are probably the times in my ministry um, that I was trying to do things on my own accord. Sure. Right. I mean, I think when I'm not looking for God (laughs) to make the things in my ministry happen, I'm probably not looking for him in my own life. Mm. And, and I think that that that's something that we need to be aware of when we're asking ourselves these questions of our ministry. Um, it's probably true that we have deeper questions about our own life that we're, br- we're blind to in those moments. Well, and I think if I, if I can maybe say it in kind of a more corporate sense for everybody too, like I, I think we've maybe lost some of the wonder of what it even means to do youth ministry, right? Like I think that's one of the things that – uh, I think we put a lot of these kind of – and this is, again, I, we have a Facebook group. I'm on Facebook groups. We post. We interact. But we we live and breed in this kind of like either comparison or competition, and, and I don't think there's enough moments where we all stand back and go, oh, my goodness, we get to – Spend time, you know, pouring into the lives of young people. We get to watch them in this, you know, formational, transformational journey from, you know, middle school to high school and beyond. And like that itself as a task is such a wonderful, awe inspiring kind of thing, right? Like whether you're doing it full time, part time, or on a volunteer basis, like this is the beauty of what we get to do, even when it's difficult, even when it's exhausting. I mean, we, Chad, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people for After Nine and very few questions when it comes to the question of you know what makes you want to quit what makes you not want to do this anymore goes back to the students themselves right like everybody that's in this loves the relationships of, of 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 discipling and pastoring and shepherding young people, and I think that's a wonderful thing that we should not um, neglect, and we should not um, burden with all this other stuff. Which is why I think the second kind of topic for our conversation today that's, that's relevant is, is to to live or cherish the small. And I know that that's a weird word for a lot of people because what what's small to some may be large to others, right? Like you know, twelve to twenty to a hundred to two hundred, like we all 
all have these kind of like varying like scales and spectrums uh, of size and scope and scale. But wherever you're at, whatever youth ministry you have been entrusted with, wherever you're leading, whether it's a small group, like a literal small group, like you are a small group leader, or it's a small group of students at a church, or you are a leader of a small staff of people for a, you know, burgeoning large group of young people cherish those that you have and be faithful to those like i think a lot of times when we get the the in it for me part we, we want we want our reach to go all the way out to the ends of whatever we're doing but it, to be truthful and to be honest your your impact your influence is always in a small circle right like this is the thing that i've been convicted of personally uh in, in the last kind of like few months of just kind of working through who i am as a leader is that every great impactful change for me is not me going to uh, cast it to a large audience, but it's going to happen in a small circle, right? It's it's the people that are my volunteers. It's the people that are my student leaders. It's the people that serve on my staff. And in those small circles, that's going to have the most impact and ripples, right? Like if I'm trying to be impactful on a large scale, it always comes back to the small first, right? Like I think about having a close-knit group of friends that are my youth ministry buddies. I mean, I, I, I try to call uh, you know two or three guys. You're one of them every single week and talk about things. Uh, and sometimes that feels insulated, but in other ways it feels really life-giving because I feel like I can be honest, right? Like, like there's something that happens when the, smir- the circle is small enough for us to communicate authentically and honestly. And I think sometimes we get lost in, in a kind of authenticity and youth ministry and we lose what is kind of the goal or the purpose because we get spread so thin out over so many peoples or responsibilities or things like let let that stuff take care of itself spend the time with what you've been entrusted with and cherish the small yeah that's good did you say you're talking to other people besides me once a week? Every once in a while. Well, I mean, I, what, I, I what call people about you. About? Yeah, yeah. Like every time you go intern or interim somewhere, I'm always going to call and follow up and make sure that you were doing good representing Afro Nine well. Because you know, I just, just want to check. I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, those man. things. Dude, I, I think that that's. <laughs> I think that that's great advice, man. That, you know, I think we have this pressure to build, 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 right, and grow, yeah, grow, yeah, grow yeah. all the time. That, Vision growth. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great experience just a few weeks ago at um, a camp that I was at, you know, and a lot of times when I'm at camp, it's, you know, I'm either the speaker or kind of running the thing. And, and so it's always big picture, right? Like you're right, trying right, to right. master to a bunch of students all at once. And man, I had this great opportunity to just sit with one student there. Yeah. And we, we have probably an hour and a half long conversation and, it is it's it's those things right that remind you like this is why i i do what i do and this is right you know this is this calling that god has on my life and 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 those kind of things i I think it's those small things i I think we have to be reminded of those right that's right oftentimes you know when that kid gives their life to the lord we have to baptize the kid and or you know we see some that like light bulb moment come on it's like yeah. oh this is this is why I do this right this is these are these great moments for us but i think a lot of times we can we forget the journey right yeah yeah, um, yeah. to those places and i think this idea of remembering the small for me helps me um remember that the this is all a process right it all works together um for those big moments, right? And and I think if if we're not careful, 
you know, when we're in the back of the bus picking up fries, right, that they've stuffed between the seats. Right. You know, picking up fries on Friday that were left there on Monday. Yeah. 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 Like, I think it's in that moment that we're asking the, like, why am I doing this? Right. You, you, you just forgot about, right, the five hour car ride that you got to have and talk with the kid next to you about yeah. his family and, and those kind of things. Because he was in control of the ox cord picking the music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those things. It's those opportunities. And so, man, I, I love that idea of uh, is not neglecting the small things and, and, and thinking through those. Those are good. Well, and I think you said it right, Chad, and it's the journey, right? Like it's, it's, it's one of those – like everything large always started small, right? So if, if, if your goal, if your hope is to, is to grow a thing or build a thing anyway, it was always going to start with a small impactful group, whether that's your right. students or your volunteers or your staff. Like at whatever size setting or context you're serving, it doesn't matter. There needs to be a small tight-knit group that you are in deep – authentic transformational conversation and relationship with uh, because I, I think and this is this is my, I'm testing this thesis and if I or hypothesis and if I hate it later we'll throw it back but I really don't think um, that speaking to the large or ministering into the large setting gives us the feedback that we want, right? Like I, I, I feel like uh, there's there's things to be gained in like sending out messages to the large, but I rarely get the feedback from the large group or the large setting or the whole ministry in the in the same way that I would get with you know, c- you know talking with a student or one leader or a couple leaders. Like there's just something about um, taking down all of that like kind of expectation of of a large group of people or like the program aspect like this is the part for me um that like we do all the programming the planning and the top level vision and design of whatever and yet and yet we find the most like truthful honest things that are happening in the one-to-one conversations and i think that's one of the things um we'll, we'll transition to the next section by by sharing i think this story so uh, we were on a text message kind of group text with some of our buddies this summer. Like, I love that <laughs> we've got like three or four of these going, and I feel like I'm always like out of the loop at what was happening in the the one before. But there was a group that we were texting with, and it was kind of this conversation about like what's most transformational for your teaching. And, and one of the things that kept coming up in this group beyond just like techniques or hacks or like creative ideas was this word relationships, right? Like like more than like you know make sure to always you know start with a joke and like in with a big point and have great slides or you know don't try to talk about too much have one great point was this word of of relationships being the most transformational for what we were trying to be about and at first i was like frustrated by that right because i was like guys guys the conversation was about transformational teaching. Relationships is not your scapegoat word for everything related to youth ministry, mm-hmm. right? Because we do we do that sometimes where we like paint right. the picture of like like anytime things get dicey or anytime things get like controversial, like you'll have that one youth pastor that offers that Jesus juke moment of like, guys, guys, I know that like laser shows and rock bands are all real cool. But at the end of the day, isn't it just about relationships right. to which like that always ends the conversation? And I'm like, listen, Chad, there's more to talk about here. Don't shut it down now with your buzzword. Because I think for a lot of us, we roll up in that uh, that word relationships, all the kind of unknown, awe-inspiring, wonder-filled part of ministry that we can't nail down as a technique or a hack. And for me, I think that's the thing that my eyes started to open to the last couple of weeks when we were like in that text war. <laughs> 
of back and forth about what to do here and there is that it really is that journey of that like like more than what I have to say to the large group of students, it is about what we have to say uh, in the conversations. It's about what we shared with a leader that leader is now sharing with other students. And I think that is just a vital thing to remember in the ways in which those small moments, those small gatherings ripple in ways that affect a larger group of people than us trying to cast or broadcast a big picture, message, program, or event. That's good. What's your, what's your final area, Zach? All right, here's my last one for you. I want to take us all the way back because I've been listening to old episodes. We've been putting some things together for a future thing. And in episode two, we talked about our stories of call. Mm-hmm. And I think for, uh, for a lot of youth ministers, this is the thing that either we hold dearly and it supports us in times um, when, when things seem to be falling apart or it's the thing that we chase after for the whole time that we serve in ministry, and that is your sense or story of call or vocation. Like, why, why are you called to this? What, at the end of the day, who has called you, and what have they called you to do? And so, um, not, not to have you rehash the whole story, Chad, but I think for you to share a little bit how like strong that sense of, of purpose has been in your life um, because you know you you were not the guy that grow up grew up thinking that he was going to be uh, a minister right like this is something that like was almost kind of like a, a change in direction right like the path meandered differently than you would have expected it to and it's that kind of sense or story and remembering that I think has been really impactful for you yeah yeah I mean for me like it was. I was that stereotypical kid that was one way at school and a completely different way when he walked in the church doors, right? Yeah. Um, and, and for me, man, I was late in high school before I, I, I truly um, became a follower of Christ. And um, it was through a lot of, man, a lot of different people played um, huge roles in my life. But, um, you know, I, I think over the years, um, as a minister, I, I look back at, you know, for me, late high school, early college, and um, beginning to serve in the church, and God really calling me to to do this with my whole life. Um, I, I think it's been encouraging along the way. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think in every every place that I go I, I think more and more of that is revealed if that makes sense like yeah. i look at you and i's last like man two and a half years now of yeah, man. the direction that god's taken our life like i i don't know that i would have ever pictured that right as a freshman in college but i think when you start to like look back at things even like during really rough seasons for myself mm-hmm. Um, I think it's made me a better minister in where God has me now, right? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I look at my own experiences for, from working from, you know, churches of 4,000 to churches of 500, um, from being really happy in ministry to being like unbelievably depressed, from feeling like everything was going great to feeling like, why do none of my leaders show up on time or, you know what I mean? Like, I I think, I think when I'm able to look back at it now and think through my calling and, um, 
and and I was able to stick it out and hang it in there, like I I pray that all the places that I've served at have been better because I've served there. Yeah, but I know that he's grown me and made me better because of the path that he's taken me on. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And and for that, I, I think I'm eternally grateful. Right. Like. It's that sanctification process that I think he he walks each of us through in our life. Well, and man, I I think that there is a a real like faithful act in remembering that, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things um, that youth pastors aren't good at. We're we're really quick to be forgetful, right? Like, <laughs> kid messed up. We we offer we we offer a lot of grace as youth pastors, Chad Higgins, which means we offer a lot of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But sometimes more forgetfulness than forgiveness. Like, oh, hey, that was that one kid that did that thing. And then now he's doing it again. Okay, right. you're still banned. Whatever. You're still banned. You're still banned. Yeah, uh, you can't come back next week. You can't come back again, yeah, until I forget. But there, but there is that sense of, like, remembering, like, your your part in this journey, right? Because I think one of the things – and so let's – if we can get – can we get a little honest? Can we open this up a little bit? Because I've, I've been wrestling with this question. Like, you, you pitched it out, and I've been kind of hurting with this one. Is that the youth ministry is a really precious thing? So if we're gonna if we're gonna walk wind back through some of these things and remember the things we talked about today, like th- there is this wonder of this thing that we're participating in because it is it is such a a, a raw and happening time in the lives of young people. I mean, like <laughs> every year, keeps kids keep coming into middle school and high school ministry, and every year youth pastors are trying to figure out ways to do the right thing in a new way that reaches and ministers to them. And I think sometimes in the middle of that, if we're being honest, we, we can lose some of our own person, role, place, and story because we're pouring out so much in the lives of other people and because they're always in a state of, of flux and change and happening you know, every two to three to four years. I think there's a temptation for us to feel like we should always be different every two to three to four years without remembering who we were two to three, four years ago, right? Like it's almost like we're having to reinvent or relive or redesign ourself and our, and our happening and our doing and our ministry because we, we don't remember, I, I think, we don't remember the nature of the call that, that is on our life. And I, I think for, for our listeners who are either new to ministry, maybe it's still like raw and sensitive enough, you're like, yes. That's right. Like I, I will never forget that I'm called to this, and that's the only thing that's going to pull me through this. And I think there's some there's some youth ministry veterans that are listening that are like, yeah, uh, your your sense of call is the only thing that's going to carry you through. Because if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, you should do that. But for a lot of us in the middle, I, I think there is the you know, am I supposed to still be doing this? Is this you know a a stopgap for me somewhere else? Is this me in the middle of things now to be somewhere else? And I feel like we've lost the connection to what we were originally called to do. And, and, and that may not be like a verbatim thing that you have written down or tattooed or inscribed or as a daily reminder or whatever. But I think there is a quality to remembering who called you and what you were called to do that transcends, that, that, is, that is beyond just the work that you are about. Right, and I think the the what's in it for you can easily get diminished if you relegate 
what we're doing as the work we're doing. Because if youth ministry is just the sum of the stuff that you got done, or even just the collection of relationships you've made along the way, then you miss the journey of who you were when you started ministering to who you are now and who you are, are continuing to be. It, it returns us back to that first conversation of, if, if our whole life of formation is projected onto other people, we might be neglecting what God is trying to speak and do in our own life, right? Like I think that is such a core thing that we need to be, uh, especially in the wake of busy seasons, especially in the wake of uh, a lot of work, is to take a moment and see where now you are. Like I, I know for me, like one of the things that we've done recently is we've gone back to a camp in the summertime that was the camp that I grew up at as a student. And there's always a moment every week that I sneak away to a place that I would go to when I was a student at that camp to remember where I was, because every year they're, they're, that place still stands, right? Like I think that's a really biblical kind of Old Testament altar model of like we, we need to remember to the places in which we have stood before and, and where we were before we stood there, right? And I think for a lot of us, the what's in it for me question comes at us grasping at this kind of like present reality without remembering the rich history of what God has done and what God has promised to do. Yeah, dude, that's so good. I uh, there's a passage that that I've been speaking on a lot as of um, as of lately, and it's in Second um, Timothy chapter two. And this is what it says. It says at the very beginning, it's Paul talking to Timothy, and it says, "You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus." You know, and I. When I, I hear that, I oftentimes when I think of you know being strengthened by God, it's of His power and might and majesty yeah. and all those kind of things. But grace is this like intimate calling, right? Um, this intimate gift of you know forgiveness and something that we didn't deserve. And, um, and and I think for us in the midst of ministry, it's real easy to to be discouraged. But I think that that's a good reminder, right, in the in the midst of it all, um, that we draw our strength from the grace that He's provided us, right, in that call yeah. and um, just in, even as a <laughs> redeemed believer, right, right that we right. we don't forget that the grace that was given to us is also the thing that we work out of and we minister from. Mm. Um, that I think is uh, is unde- undeniably. Um, powerful because I think in those moments where we feel defeated and discouraged um, it's this reminder that for many of us that he saved us in our teen years and we have the beautiful opportunity now to minister to teens that were just Mm. like us Mm. Um, and and so man my encouragement for all of our listeners um is to be reminded that maybe just maybe some of the same students that frustrate you so much um, were just like you. Um, And hopefully I pray that there were men and women that poured into your life um, in the same faithful manner that you are currently. Um, 
I think just for myself, thinking back to those things, um, when we ask questions like, what is this all about? Um, we don't forget that hmm. while we get the opportunity to minister, that um, part of our calling and us ministering is also God continuing to uh, pour into our own heart and our own soul and grow us and strengthen us and develop us. And yeah. uh, and we walk through storms, right, um, that hopefully on the back end grow our faith. So, listener, if you're asking the question, what's in it for me? What did I even sign up for? Uh, we don't have a pithy statement or an easy answer. But here in the small huddle of, of you hearing this in your earbuds or in your car or in your office, would just share that two other youth ministers in the thick of the question, in the crisis of what does it mean to be called to youth ministry, are remembering cherishing and looking with wonder thanks for listening we'll see you back next week thanks for listening to after nine to continue the conversation find us on twitter or facebook at after nine ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more